Welcome to the Friday Fraudster Podcast with Kelly Paxton, Pink Collar Crime Expert, Joe Irvin, your person for all things ethics, and Robert Barry, the guy who helps you ask better questions. Join them as they discuss sad, funny, and sometimes disturbing fraud stories. Be sure to catch past episodes on your favorite podcasting platform or go to www.fridayfraudster.com and grab some CPE while you're there. Well, hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to episode 100. Woo-hoo. I forgot my bottle of champagne. <laughs> like, I've been talking about it all day. I texted Elizabeth. I was like, I'm going to be drinking my champagne. And I totally forgot. I was too busy making a wand. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I have mine too, because we are fraud tooth fairies. <laughs> yeah. So everybody has seen the title, The Tooth Fairy Fraud. What does that mean, Robert? <laughs> well, why do they look like fools? <laughs> This is Elizabeth. She sends me a selfie and she's like, if you do not dress up, we are no longer BFFs. <laughs> like, do you know me at all? Because dressing up is like my favorite thing. You know what? I just you know needed what? to put the thread out there. <laughs> so before we jump into the story, a couple things I want to say. Episode 100. Who would have thought that Joe and Kelly could have put up with me for this long? I mean, who? <laughs> well, I mean, we, we do skip out on you a lot. We we have to take breaks. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that that probably is true. You know what? I, I think I think I think um I think we should probably give the people just a kind of brief synopsis of certain things, like kind of how this started. Um <clears throat> you know what though so yeah yeah i mean a lot of it is because of covid but but here's what i will say so there's there's a backstory that a lot of people don't know and and if you've been to some of my training courses i tell a lot of stories and a lot of you know things to educate and entertain people but but what happened was in 2019 i was working at a place that it didn't really work out well. It wasn't a good fit. So early 2020, I was doing two things simultaneously. I was job hunting and I was trying to build this training business and figuring out which one would work. Right. And I had two job offers, January of 2020, as well as a contract that was about to be signed for a gig where I was going to be doing training under my company, flying throughout Europe, teaching enterprise risk management. Then the pandemic hit. Both of those job offers went away and that contract never got signed. And in 2020, I found myself in my 40s with no place to live, no place to go, nothing to do. I made a whopping $12,000 in 2020. I spent more money than I brought in and I was sad. Then around the end of 2020, I was building up a presence on LinkedIn because I said, I got to do something. And I was doing some virtual training. Then I met a guy named Trent Russell. You guys know Trent? 
he is well the host of the audit podcast and he's just a phenomenal dude trent introduced me to someone named michelle michelle introduced me to joe joe introduced me to kelly <laughs> kelly was posting a lot of fraud stuff on linkedin and she used this hashtag friday fraudster and the stuff was very educational and entertaining in the meantime joe and i we had done some virtual training together and uh joe actually began referring clients to me i don't know why <laughs> just kind and it was around that time i said hey let's do a show every friday on linkedin i don't know how to do it but i'll figure it out <laughs> and they said yes and they just trusted me like I, <laughs> who knew? And so we started doing the Friday Froster and the first episode was called The Crappy Company. <laughs> I think that was one of the best episodes. The it was. Yeah. What I didn't tell you though, was one of the reasons I called it The Crappy Company was because, so the company was a poop company and they were committing fraud. And they, they said that they could take your poop and analyze it and tell you what was wrong with you. <laughs> well, one of the reasons I named the show The Crappy Company was because, well, first of all, poop is always funny. Poop is what? Poop is always funny. Oh, yeah. Okay. You cut out there for a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I figured if we flopped on air, if we were crappy on air, at least people would laugh at the title of the show. Um, and And I think we did fairly well because... I'm here to tell you all, when I look at our podcast download statistics, we have people listening to us in the U.S., Canada, South Africa, Nigeria, India, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, France, Italy, China, um, occasionally Japan, Brazil, Colombia, and I've forgotten a few places. Um, I so say hi from Italy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, but in the middle of that too, though, I think a lot of good business relationships have formed. I met Thomas. Thomas is a phenomenal dude. I, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about Thomas. Galena, she's not here today. She's on a field trip with her son. Um, I consider Galena to be a wonderful person, and I'm glad I met her. And some of you all have connected with one another in the audience. Um, in in the meantime, I'm no longer homeless. <laughs> I mean, that's good, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 I even did some keynote speeches at some IIA conferences. And Can that's where I met you at the 2021 FSE in DC. That's right. Elizabeth and I met because I did a keynote speech. Now, Elizabeth, how good was I? <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was phenomenal. And I still remember you wearing your T-shirt. I heart audit, I think, with the blazer. And I told Joe, I'm stealing that idea. So I'm going to make some shirts. Um, well, so I, I, I sent her like all the varieties that I have. <laughs> I have like a pink I love audit and a black I love audit and I have a pink I love ethics. And, yeah, yeah. So by the way, anybody listening, if you want an I love audit shirt, go to my website, that auditguy.com. <laughs> I have merch. Um, so. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice but, 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 I just wanted to say before we start the 100th episode, thank you, Joe and Kelly. I know you're, you'll hear it later for trusting me um, and everybody who's ever listened, commented, sent us stories, sent us emails saying we helped you do your job better. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I agree. And thank you, Robert, for always putting up with us. <laughs> always keeping the show going because you know that Kelly and I are, it's like wrangling cats sometimes. No, it's not. So, yeah. It, you know, and I think people would be surprised at how easy the show comes together. Uh, or at least it's easy to me. And, you know, like, we'll get stories and I'll just send them out and Joe and Kelly will do research. I'll do research. And um, we don't have to talk a whole lot beforehand and spill up, spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what we're going to say and what we're going to do. And we work on the fly a lot. They'll send me something from Canva right before the show and say, Hey, can you show this during the show? And I'll be like, sure. <laughs> That's not Joe and Kelly. That's the guests. They're still um, in the excitement phase of being on, and so they're they're still creative. Like Elizabeth <laughs> is like, Elizabeth is Rob part. You know, like like the second Rob <laughs> part two, but that's not right. She's Rob the second because I'm like, can you do this image for me? And can you do this for me? And can you? Do this? <laughs> I love Canva. It is so much fun. It's awakening the. Yeah part of my brain that I didn't even know was asleep. <laughs> yeah. I, look, me too. I love Canva. Matter of fact, everything that you see from me is created in Canva. This whole background, the digital assets for the show, a lot of it is in Canva. So um, I, I know I, I got a little sappy there in the beginning. So if I scared anyone away, I'm so sorry. For those of you who are still here, do me a favor, go and subscribe to that Audit Guys YouTube channel because, well, you should. We're going over to YouTube, people, and we're going to have some new and interesting things over there. Um, they, these shows, Audit Bites and Friday Froster, they'll be there. Actually, they are there now. We're streaming on YouTube right now. Uh, but there'll also be videos that you won't see anywhere else. We're going to try and monetize this YouTube channel and make it one of the best resources for internal auditors available. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And by the way, while you're also here... Why don't you go to fraudretreat.com? Joe is having a fraud retreat where she's teaching us how to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fraud prevention retreat is just too long. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, can I just say we're at like 70? So we're almost double Ooh. what we were last year already. So if anybody wants to come, they better get signed up here pretty quick. Because I've actually gotten two emails from people today, like, you know, making sure there's still spots and it's going through budget approval and all that. So anyway, it's it's April and it's not until August. I'm like thrilled, but I have a feeling it will sell out in the next month. Wow. This is so cool. Mm -hmm. this, this is just cool, man. So, Joe, Elizabeth. Let me ask you all a question. You know, that's how I start almost every show. Have you noticed that I, I, I ask some silly question that they, they are, let me tell the audience, they are never prepared for the question that I'm going to ask. Yeah. So it's always a surprise. Makes it, makes it um, humorous sometimes. 
sometimes, yeah. yeah. Scary other times, right? <laughs> so, Joe, Elizabeth, let me ask you all a question. So in your role as the tooth fairy, how much does that job pay? Like, like how much do you pay? So I have a very funny tooth fairy story um, from when my daughter was young. I think we had started uh, giving gold coins um, from the tooth fairy, so dollar coins. And one day she lost something like five teeth in one day. I don't know how it happened, but she, it was at the end of the day, she stuck them under her pillow and, and wrote a note that said, tooth fairy, I would like these in gold coins. And we were frantically calling the um, the grocery stores and trying to find anyone who had them. Nobody had the gold uh, dollar coins in stock. So I wrote a note that said, you know, dear Abby, I didn't have any, but please take this to the bank and they will give you gold coins. It was like a $5 bill. And she took it to the bank and handed it to the teller and they read it and they just started grinning. They were just so tickled and gave her her five gold dollar coins. <laughs> wow. That's pretty impressive. I think my only two fairy story is that I got caught trying to put the money under the pillow once. <laughs> my poor child has been like scarred for life. Like there are so many, you know, I also got caught moving the elf on the shelf and like, I mean, it's been very traumatic around here. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, anyway. Well, we've had some, uh, elf forgot to move and then had to come up with a reason why and might've said something like, well, maybe your behavior wasn't good enough yesterday. So Elfie was sad and just couldn't move, which is kind of terrible. <laughs> we were put on the planet to torture our children. Okay, but we digress. So Rob asked how much we make as a tooth fairy. So um, we don't need money, Robert. We work in children's smiles. Yep. Happiness and smiles. We're not in it for the money. Ah, yeah. Okay. Money. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you mean, you know, you wouldn't accept a $1.3 million payout in order to be the tooth fairy then, right? <laughs> that... No, never. Who would do that? <laughs> so, so now Stephanie says $5 these days, and I'm really thinking inflation, man, because in my day, it was a quarter. You got a quarter per tooth. I know. Okay. Okay. So, so being a tooth fairy doesn't pay $1.3 million at all. Not even close. Uh, okay. I, I was just checking because um, there was this husband and wife pair down in Halea, Florida. And uh, they had a dental practice. They were dentists. And they sold their practice. They sold... Their practice to a management company. So they sold their practice and they were still working in the practice. They no longer owned it. They sold it and were working as dentists. Now, at some point, they were eventually fired from the practice that they created. That's got to hurt. Like, that's really got to hurt. Well, I was trying to figure that out because they, they sold shares. 
to this management company and I'm guessing they must have sold or yeah, sold too much that they lost their majority vote and then got pushed out. Yeah, yeah. So they sold their shares and either sold a majority or all of it and then went to work in the practice as actual dentists instead of owners and practitioners, right? And the pair raised objections about the company's practices. They had non-dentists, dental hygienists, which they were billing for services that only a dentist should perform. And after the management company found out that this couple aired their grievances, they fired them. So that's how they lost their practice. Now, now, <clears throat> according to the arrest report, there were a few things that this management company were doing. When you practice medicine, typically you have a provider number with insurance companies. So... Every practitioner has a provider number with each insurance company. Well, they were billing for services under dentist A's provider number, even though dentist B performed the service and dentist B didn't have a provider number with that insurance company. So that was one thing. The other thing they were doing was, well, dental hygienists who aren't dentists were performing services that a dentist should perform, and they were actually billing at the higher dentist rate to the insurance company. Now, this sounds like fraud to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. And I read, I read a statistic that it was a few years old, but it was said dentist fraud, like them actually committing fraud like this is a $12.5 billion industry, which I would imagine, I mean, if that was a few years ago, I'm sure it's a lot higher. Yep, I saw the exact same thing. Twelve point five billion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how many? I think what you should have asked us, but I know we were the tooth fairy, so you had to make it about the tooth fairy. But what you should have asked us is, oh, let me ask you a question, Rob. Uh oh. Rob and Elizabeth. Yeah. Ever gone to the dentist and felt they did something that was unnecessary, or? Oh, yeah. Or maybe not even did it, but they asked you to do it. Absolutely. I don't know. What is, what is why? I think it's so hard to prove whether or not you need these services that they can just tack them on and build yeah, more. Like how do I know what's happening back there yeah. in my mouth? <laughs> like, I don't have a microscope. I can't, like. Yeah, I read a statistic at one point in time that said something like about 30% of dental procedures were unnecessary. That's not surprising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that's not higher, to be honest. And that's sad, but that's how, that's how much I believe in people's ethics these days. <laughs> so now, Bob says, where's my tooth fairy getup? Bob, what a great I am... Well, I am the management company for the Tooth Fairies. Whatever. No, Thomas. the fraudster. Thomas had a brilliant idea that Rob could just use AI, like Rob mm. does. Sorry, I was turning my wand on, the light on. Um, and the, Rob could use AI and create Tooth Fairy. So where is it, Rob? Like you were supposed to 
like find some image and make it you. And so it creeped us all out. Remember? Oh, you looked like an ugly girl that one show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are still calling me about that show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now, it, that's because AI is fascinating and it's scary. And it, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now Christine Murray has a really interesting question or statement. She says, I wonder if there are any dentists out there that take out their own insurance for their customers, then do a double billing against the patient's insurance and the one they purchased. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I don't know how that works. I mean, I always find it interesting when you go somewhere, they ask if you have more than one insurance, Mm -hmm. right? Like, isn't that, what is that called? Is that co-insurance? Or is secondary. that secondary? Secondary, yeah, primary, secondary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That goes for everything, not just dentists, right? Yeah, yeah. So now let me ask you all another question, though. Well, never mind. I won't ask the question. I'll just say there was another doctor in the practice who actually allowed them to use his or her provider number, even though he or she didn't perform the services. So that was a she. I think I read because I was like, dang. I think it was. I just couldn't remember. So I'm like, uh. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Like what would actually drive a person, especially after seeing. So, okay, wait, let me just frame this in full context. Do you think that maybe after seeing the other two dentists who actually started the practice be fired, that this dentist said, I better do it? Or do you think they just willingly did it? Because now they're saying they're not sure if that dentist is going to face charges. They should. I read that that statement too. And I was like, well, why wouldn't they? I mean, it's still fraud. And I don't know. It could go both, both ways. It could be pressure. Like, we don't know the situation, you know, threatening. Like, they could have threatened her to use it. Or, or there's just too many bad people out there. Or unethical people, not bad people. That think they can get away with doing all this stuff. You know, they don't even think twice about it. Yeah. I'm always surprised by how many people don't seem to have the the conscience uh, and really don't mind committing fraud. Yes. Elizabeth came to my class, my internal audit grad class last night, and it was fraud week. This week and next week is fraud week. So, of course, it's, our, it's my favorite week. <laughs> I think that's the most... Um, fun reaction from students is they can't believe when people do things or they can't believe, you know, uh, like some of the things that go uncovered or how did somebody not see that? Or, you know, it's just, you get this pretty innocent, honest reaction from them. It's pretty good. And then the auditor of nearly 20 years gets the same reaction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's us auditors. We want to think the best in people, right? No. Despite what people think, we do. Yeah. We we do. We really do. You know, what was interesting in this particular case, too, is I think it further illustrates how badly we treat whistleblowers. Mm. So I talked about that in class last night, too. So I was on a webinar with Kelly Richmond Pope last week. And have you heard her talk about the, it's in her new book. So we can plug Kelly Richmond Pope. She has a new book. It's like fool me, fool me once or something, I think is what it's called. But anyway, 
Um, she talks about the three types of perpetrators and the three types of whistleblowers. And so I went through that with my students last night. It's pretty neat. Um, but to your point, Rob, I think we treat, now that I've heard her three types of whistleblowers, I think we treat them differently depending on what type they are. Mm -hmm. So she goes through like the accidental whistleblower who, you know, just happens upon something and they really like, they're almost scared to talk about it. And, you know, they're nervous the whole time and they, you know, have stomach aches and feel bad for the other person and, you know, that kind of, and then you had the, what was it? The noble whistleblower, I believe it was one of them and the vigilante whistleblower. So like the out to get the company, you know, or whatever. So anyway, it's interesting. Oh, I won't, obviously Kelly Richmond Pope, I won't uh, take credit for any of that. So she is the, has all the details if you want to know more on that. But I thought it was pretty neat. The category. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah that, that's really good. And I think that's, that's spot on. Yeah. And yeah. she does say like perpetrators, there are accidental perpetrators, right? So you think about the people who accidentally use their business card for a personal lunch and then they get away with it and then they keep doing it. And then there's like the intentional perpetrators. We know we can do it. We see the opportunity. We're going to do it. Um, and then there's the vigilante perpetrators too, because or righteous, she calls them righteous perpetrators because they want to, you know, steal from the rich to give to the poor, or, you know, they have some righteous reason or rationalization behind their fraud. So anyway, again, all Kelly Richmond Pope's credit. I watched her on a CPE webinar last week. I think it was an audit board webinar. It was free. She did a great job. So. I gotcha. Leslie said that she saw her. Uh, so it may have been the yeah. same uh, webinar. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good presentation. I thought she did a good job. I like those. I like the hour ones where you get something out of it, you know, like those. So. Yeah. Anyway. And we have another comment from someone in the audience. Whistleblower policy should include whistleblower protection. It should. Mm -hmm. Also, without tone at the top and management showing a good example, the whistleblower will not trust the company. Yeah. So I'll say that for every director of audit role that I've ever had, I was also responsible for the whistleblower hotline as well. And there would be people who would say, I don't trust this process. Um, I don't trust that I will not be retaliated on. So that is definitely a concern. And then the question is, how do you actually make it safe for people, especially if the tone at the top is what's really bad? So. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. The only thing, you know, that I've come up with when I've been asked that question is you have, they have to, the employees have to observe you doing something, taking action on something. And I think this is where transparency is key. And the difference between a good, solid cultural, you know, good culture organization and a bad one is they are transparent and they make almost make examples of the fraud cases and the ethics and they talk about it and you know they're not hiding it or brushing it under the rug or you know Ooh, we, can't, we don't want to talk about it because then you know other people will do it or whatever it's just such a lousy excuse if you ask me yep what do so you what did bob say if you make it yeah honest. i'm laughing at bob's <laughs> comment well you know how i <laughs> I want a cut because it was my idea. That's you, you, you know how I am. I do multiple things during the show and uh, I'm surprised that I can keep up with it all. You know, and I, I'll go back to being sappy for just one moment. 
doing this show has actually made me a, an, an even better presenter, both in person and online. It's just amazing the things that you can do when you're forced to actually make a change and start doing new things in life. Um, and, and that's why I'm so happy that we're at episode 100. I still can't believe it, to be honest with you. I know. Um, I did a virtual uh, the other day and I got a comment in the chat about how I was one of the few presenters that like kept up with the chat. Like as I was presenting, you do that really well, Rob, too. And I, I'm, I'm like, really? Like they don't, they haven't figured that out by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the first things I learned. I'm, I'm engaging in the chat. I mean, you've seen me do this show. I, I remember the first time you saw me do it live when we were together. You were just like, how do you do all of this? I know. Well, I told Elizabeth we tried to do it live at the fraud retreat last year. And we're going to have to decide if we're going to do it again. I was like, maybe we'll get better. We do it more live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what we we've done it uh, live in Houston, Texas, and in Springfield, Illinois, and then in Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Yep. Fun. That that was pretty yeah. cool. All right, so let's talk about how they got caught because I think that is is where it gets really really interesting. So at one point, authorities say that they started using this one kind of uh, billing code called behavioral management, a behavioral management code on all children under the age of six. And they did it without the consent of the doctors uh, to increase production and to meet their financial goals. So now six of the dentists discovered this scheme and stopped all of the billing. Then they did an audit of the billing that was going out. And the audit discovered 50 fraudulent claims, four of which had already been submitted to the government, totaling about $1,800. Now, once it was all said and done, and the government stepped in and whoever did a, a full review, they're estimating that the total amount of the fraud is $1.3 million, hence the reason I asked that the tooth fairy pays $1.3 million. Um, can you put up their pictures? Oh, you know what? I can't. I mean, Let me just see. for fun, the five accused. I mean, I don't know about y'all. Maybe this is super judgy, but these don't look like dentists to me. And maybe it's just because I've gone into... <laughs> They're not the dentist. They're the management company. Oh, that is, they are the management company? The, oh, I so. Yeah, I don't think they, but one of them is 22, so young. Like, yeah. that's, I'm always still surprised at that. Oh, I thought one, okay, all right. All right, I, I misspoke, sorry. You don't have to show their pictures. <laughs> not as exciting. I thought these were like the one, like the one lady who was doing the 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 dental procedures as a nurse practitioner that shouldn't have been in that. I mean, maybe I thought it was a management company. It could be. Or oh, wait. So, oh, they were five people employed by the dental management company. So yeah, yeah. they they aren't the dentist. No. But. I don't think it, I mean, still the dentists obviously were involved in some way, or at least one of them was is in the story. We know. Right. 
Well, the one thing that I wonder, or one of the things that I wonder, though, is why is it when the first two dentists came forward, they were terminated, but then these six were actually able to stop the billing and doing do an audit. So what was the difference there? You know, like, I, I'm really curious as to how that happened. I don't know. This is kind of a confusing story, to be honest. But if you read, but the you know, the, my favorite part of all of these articles is the comments in the bottom of the article. So I did, yeah. I did put the link in the chat if anybody does want to laugh. I mean, it made me think of where this happened. So in Miami, right? Like Little Haiti. It made me think of that um, show that we all watched a long time ago, Rob. You remember that one, The Startup? Or just startup. Oh, yeah. Remember the one about the cryptocurrency yep. and their gen coin and and like all the stuff that happened in that area of town. So it kind of it, the comments where I was going with that and the comments of the article are like, oh no, oh really? Like another fraud in this area? Oh, so surprised. Like and it's it's like they even like give Florida a hard time. So um, um, if uh, Hal is here. <laughs> They're like, what? Another one in Florida? Another fraud? Sorry. Anyway, I got distracted. So now Bob <laughs> Wessler like says, <laughs> Bob says, none of them were showing teeth. Definitely not dentist or hygienist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That Thanks. I'd want to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I would want to go to a dentist that had a dental management company. Now it kind of you know, I'm just, I guess I'm old school, right? I won't, I don't even go to like a chain dentist. I know there's a lot of those now and I'm sure they're getting more and more popular because they're supposed to be, I think more, um, what, like reasonably priced or, you know, they cater to people without dental insurance and those kind of things, which I completely understand their need. But, you know, just, ha I don't know. It just seems, I've just always gone to like a practitioner that owned his own dental practice. Now, can we talk, can we kind of um, bring out our inner Kelly for a minute? Because she would tell you that dentist offices are actually one of the top companies that are embezzled from. So dentist office, their office managers typically steal from them. So that's a whole nother side. Maybe that's why they steal from us <laughs> or they give us procedures that we don't need. It's because their <laughs> office managers are stealing from them. So anyway. What is it with dentists? That's what I want to know. Oh, you know what? I just had another thought, too. So they're giving procedures to people that are unnecessary. What if, though, they were only just billing for those procedures and not actually doing them? They could do that all the time, too, couldn't they? They could. But it's, it's my understanding they're actually giving procedures that are kind of unnecessary. Um, More. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you get your, uh, what is it, the the explanation of benefits that you get and you see things on there that you didn't receive, you yeah. might be more likely to ask questions, which is why they probably go ahead and just fill that cavity that's not really a cavity or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I would be real concerned if I saw like a leg amputation on my explanation of benefits. You're right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm still there. 
Um, so you both have children, and I want to know why I keep having to pay for cavities on baby teeth that are, are going to fall out. Like, is this? A, are they scamming me, or are they telling me the truth that you really have to fill a cavity on a baby? I think you do. I think you do. <laughs> but really? Why? I think this I, is not the tooth out. <laughs> It's not ready to come out, Rob, but Elizabeth, to your earlier story, when we were just at the dentist, um, they told Benjamin that he is about to have a waterfall of teeth fall mm. out. So that mm. probably is about mm. the age that. Yeah, it legitimately happened. <laughs> yeah, see? So you weren't exaggerating. He'll probably have, I'll, I'll text you when he loses five teeth. And when he, <laughs> like, where are, gold, where are your gold coins, tooth fairy backup person? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. All right. Somebody, I don't know who that is, but they said they're telling me the truth. So I believe them. I like our dentist. So <laughs> that is Christine Murray. Oh, Christine. Yep. She is. Ah, I, it can damage the adult teeth. Oh, okay. I didn't that's know. That's what I would think if it just continued to decay in there. How are we talking about cavities? <laughs> It's dental fraud. But wait, you guys are the tooth fairies. Shouldn't you know about that? No, we just take the money and take the teeth. Like, there is no reward. We collect the teeth, make necklaces out of them, jewelry. Now we seem creepy. And then you bill the government for $1.3 million for the teeth. No, we resell them on the black market. Um, actually, on the dark web for um, people that make. Them. <laughs> All right, now we. <laughs> All right, so so, everybody, episode number one hundred of Friday Froster, the Tooth Fairy Fraud, where a dental management company defrauded the government of over $1.3 million by submitting fraudulent claims for a variety of different reasons. Services they didn't perform, services a dentist performed but didn't have a provider number, and so they used another dentist's, another dentist's provider number. <laughs> you try saying whatever <laughs> I just said. Dentist's. <laughs> there you go. That word that Joe just said provider number and um so they've been arrested this is actually a fresh story too so we might be able to follow up on it at some point because right now we just know that they've been accused of some things and so we all know accusations aren't guilt and from what i can tell they've not admitted to being guilty yet but uh so so real quick wait, wait i just thought of another story elizabeth you remember when one of my students last night was like did you see the dentist in the news in Colorado? That was my old dentist. <laughs> Actually, he was poisoning his wife and she died. Like, oh. so they found the prescriptions for like cyanide and whatever else he was like. Yeah, why does the dentist need cyanide? I don't know. But anyway, that's the big story in Colorado. So if anybody's in Colorado, there's a, there's a more violent than fraud um, dentist story in the news. So check it out. <laughs> now that's just dumb. See, now as a dentist, you you can actually get controlled substances. Yeah. You can. But I would imagine if I ordered cyanide <laughs> from I didn't even the, order 
it. <laughs> I'll send this story. I'll put it in the comments to this so everybody can check it out. I'm almost positive that's what it was. You know me. I, I don't remember things well. <laughs> that is insane. Well, all right. All right. Thank you guys for joining us on episode 100. And we will see you next week. Bye.